to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vintaney from Raymond Word of Faith Empowerment Ministry. Hey, we're going to get started today uh, with a scripture out of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse 17, but I wanted to uh, focus in on this particular verse before we go there. Verse 11, chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, then we'll drop down to verse 15. Well, look at what he said. We were talking this morning, and we're talking about how, how God's not asleep. He's always awake, and he's always doing a new thing in the believer's life. So we have to understand that. But look what he says in verse 11, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him, that's God, Jesus, also we have obtained an inheritance. Oh, an inheritance is usually a good thing, especially coming from God, because every good and precious gift comes from above. We're in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God works all things. But he said we've been predestined. So predestined means it's all, God already knew. He knew you were going to be going through this. And he made provisions for it. So let's drop down to verse 15 real quick. Because this is a broadcast about igniting your one's faith on fire. Look what he says in verse 15. Therefore. Now, when you see the word therefore, he means I said that because... This previous stuff I said. This is therefore here for therefore. Also, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord, uh-oh, and your love for all the saints, God is love. So he says, after I heard of your faith, your trust, your confidence in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, men- making mention of you in my prayers. And this is what we're supposed to be praying. This is what we pray for believers right here. Pray for the body of Christ. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You know, a lot of Christians don't have that spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. They think they know God. We were talking earlier. They read the Bible, but they're not doing the Bible. They don't believe the Bible. That's what the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it'll it'll let you get out of the boat of doubt and unbelief and walk on the water. When you have the spirit of wisdom, remember, Jesus asked Peter, who do men say I am? And Peter said, well, some say the prophet, some says John, some says this, that, and other. He said, but Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ. And Jesus' response was, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, he gave you this revelation. He gave you this understanding. And that's what God wants to give us through his word, through his Holy Spirit that dwells in us, wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So let's keep reading that. Verse 18. And this is what wisdom and knowledge and wisdom and revelation and knowledge does, verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding, <laughs> that's the spirit. Your eyes is your spirit. That's not your physical eyes. The spirit of your understanding being enlightened. Well, the opposite of enlightened is in darkened. So you were darkened, but God wants to enlighten you that you may know, look, what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? 
And what is that exceeding greatness of his power that he has towards us who what, Richard? Believe. believe. See, a lot of us don't believe. We were talking about that earlier about people reading of scriptures. But you got to believe. So he said, I got some exceeding greatness of my power, and it's going to work uh, towards those who believe. Well, let's go back to that. Uh, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? The same power he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and, and, and set him far above principalities and dominions and might and over every name that is named. Then he goes to says, oh, well, only, okay, let's keep every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. We're in that age to come now. But he's just telling us he made us an heir. We've inherited that same thing. So we have now, we've been seated far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and over every name that is named. Is cancer a name? Well, that name ain't above the name of Jesus. And since we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ, now we're overcomers. We can overcome anything or anything that has a name it's not above the name of Jesus. And as a believer, a real believer understands that nothing's above. Jesus trumps all. And we have to know that. And we've inherited the same thing Jesus inherited. We've inherited because the scripture says we're heirs with God and we're joint heirs with Christ. And I'm going to let you go ahead, Richard, because I see you got something. You've about, you're about to bust. Over <laughs> I'm here. about you to got bust. something to say. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I, you and I have talked before. <clears throat> I'm concerned that too many Christians live way below where God wants them to live. God doesn't want us. To be downtrodden. He says, I came to give life and it more abundantly. Jesus didn't say, I came to life so that, to give life so that you could be bummed out. I came to give life so you could be downtrodden. I came to give life so you could be miserable. I, I came to give life so you could just kind of hold on and wait for me to come back. No, he said, I came to give life and it more abundantly. abundantly. And he, wants us to live far above where we typically as Christians want to live. We want to live in places of worry. So people will lose their job and they'll worry. They'll be sick and they'll worry. Their family, one of these things will happen to them and they'll worry. And he says, do not worry. I mean, Jesus couldn't have been more specific. He says, do not worry. He said that in Matthew 6. Don't worry about your life. Right. He says over and over, do not worry to us. And yet we find ourselves worrying. And when you talk to people who are, who are deep in worry, often they'll say, yes, but, yes, but I lost my job. Yes, but the doctor said this. Yes, but. And what we've got to come to the realization is, is that when he said, do not worry, he actually meant it, that he meant put your faith and your trust and your hope in me. Don't, don't worry about this yes, but thing that's in your life. I, people I will say, for that, but. right. I, I am greater than that. Right. I'm greater you know, than we, that. You know, we, we've, we've been talking <laughs> about that. And so do you really actually believe what God says? <laughs> I'm talking to a person in our church right now, and and she said to me again yesterday, I know all that. I've read all that. I've seen all that. But but do you believe it? Right. That's where the rubber meets the road. Right? Are you being a a doer or not just a hearer? See, it's not just enough to have read what the Bible said. It's not just enough to know what the Bible says. It's do I believe what the Bible said? Do I believe the scriptures that you have just been 
reading? Do I believe that God wants to give me wisdom and revelation? Do I believe that? Do I believe that God wants to give me peace and comfort? And, and, and you strength? know what the scripture says? We believe. It says that in Second Corinthians four seven. We believe, therefore we speak. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Whatever you believe, like you say, this particular person keep believing. Obviously, they believe the buts because that's what they keep speaking about. Well, they keep the talking buts. about their medications. Right, 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 right. And their medication is wrong. And they're exactly right that their medication isn't working the way that, that the doctors would want it and they would want it. But yet that doesn't preclude us or mm-hmm. them from believing God. But now let's read the rest of the scripture out of Ephesians. Let's go back to verse 21. He said he placed us. He said Jesus at the right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. I believe we're there right now. Look at verse 22. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's the the revelation right here. And he put all things, look, not some things, all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. So if Jesus is the head and all things under his feet, the head and the feet, where's the body at? Pretty much in the middle. We're the body. So if everything, if we're the body of Christ and every, so, and he says he put all things under our feet, under the feet of the church, which is his body. So all of that stuff, any trials or tribulations that we may, any adversity, it's, I'm on top of it. Basically, I like to declare that I'm on top of it because the body sits above the feet. And if you say he put all that stuff under my feet, that means I'm on top of it because Jesus is on top of it because he's on top of the body, which he's the head. And if we keep on reading, look at verse chapter two, verse one. And he and you put your name right there, Richard. He made alive who was dead in trespasses and sins. So he made us alive. And if you drop down to verse six and raised us up together, look, we're, he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And verse 10 goes to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Uh-oh, that's not bad works. For good works, look, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Remember, we've been preordained and predestined to live the good life, to live the John 10, 10. He, God, already, God knows who's going to receive him and who's not. He's not some old senile guy with Alzheimer's. God knows all. He knows who's going to receive him. He knows who's going to reject him. And he's already preordained the good life. You just have to believe that and agree with God. And if you believe and agree with that, that's what you'll be speaking. That's what you'll be doing, not just hearing it. You'll do that. You'll forgive others. You'll do what the scripture says do about making confessions. You'll say what God says. See, and and what we got to do is change our mind. You know, we've talked before about the scripture that we need to be renewed by the transforming or transformed by the renewing of our mind. Am I going to believe God or am I not? Am I going to believe what my sight tells me? Or am I going to believe what God tells me? I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Right. And so we. the question then becomes, why is it that we have such a hard time doing that? Why is it that we can read the scripture and we know what the scripture says, but why is it that we have such a hard time actually believing you know what? what God has to it, say? It's really simple, doubt and unbelief. The Bible says the God of this world blinds the minds of those who believe not. 
lest the glorious light of the gospel shall shine upon them. See, and I think now, he tries to blind those that do believe. Well, well he does believe. It's because you're a believer because you got saved. don't mean Satan ain't finna mess with you no more. You still want to blind your minds. That's why Paul prayed, and we're supposed to be praying, that they receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that they that the body of Christ would continue to be enlightened. Because God is so full of revelation, his word always gives birth to new facets of revelation. He always wants to enlighten you constantly. That's why God's always doing a new thing. He constantly wants to give you wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him as as you walk out your life. Every day we need God. See, and he wants to do that now. Yeah. You know, you talk to people that are younger, and, and every once in a while you hear somebody say, you know, one of these days when I'm older, one of these days when I get to be a little older, and then God will be able to use me. And then you talk to people middle age, and, well, one of these days when I retire, then I'll have time to do some things. And then you talk to people that retire, and they say, man, I wish I'd have done something before. I'm kind of used up now, or I just... I just really don't have the energy or the strength that I used to have. God is a God of now. He he used people who were young. He used people what we would think were old. He used people in the middle. God is a God of now. He is doing a work in your life now. R-A-T, rat now. No, rat is fast right now. But I want to go back to the scripture again. Look, verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Remember, focus on the age to come. Now look, drop down to verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So God wants to show you his exceeding riches of his grace. He just wants you to believe that. God, show me your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for it. Well, when you read the promises... If somebody give you something nice, do you not thank them for it? I thank God for each and every promise that's in his word. Yeah, I may not know it all, but I thank you, Lord, for it. Remember, I remember when Jesus healed somebody, I think it was some lepers, says only a couple came back and gave him thanks. And Jesus said, what was it, not like 10 of you guys? <laughs> only a couple came back and showed their appreciation. And that's where a lot of believers are. They're not thanking the Lord in the midst of the storm. you got to thank the Lord that he's bringing you out. You got to remember the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, continually in the good times, bad times. No, just in the good times. No, in trials and tribulations, when sickness has attacked my body, I still got to sing songs and and with the fruit of my lips, bless the Lord. We understand Paul and Silas when they were put in prison, was they whining and moaning and groaning? No, the scripture said they sung songs. They sung praise songs, praises to the Lord. That's what you do. Well, and I'm pretty sure they were singing the word of God. They were singing about God's goodness and his mercy. And, and what happened? We know the place started shaking. <laughs> hey, a whole lot of shaking was going on, and chains started falling. And some other people became believers as well. Get it? Key word, believers. God wants people that believe his word. Once you believe God's word, because the scripture says in Hebrews 4.12, his word is living and it's powerful. All you got to do is lay hold to it. It's living and powerful. You start saying what God said about you. So then the question becomes again, why is it we have such a hard time believing that? And I think the answer to that is that we start to look at the problem. Because rather than being thankful, as you just said, rather than remembering 
all of our life how God has provided and been there for us. Now all of a sudden, this problem's bigger than the rest. Well, this Richard, problem's too much. You just said something real significant. We start looking at the problems. The God of this world, Satan, he works in the sense realm. He wants you. He wants you to use the perceptions, the see, touch, taste, feel. He wants you to look at the problem because right. he works in fo- the sense realm. And, and God says to focus your attention on Christ, God the author in the and faith perfecter world, of, our, faith realm. of our faith. Yeah, you don't look at the things which are seen, right. but the David things which are unseen. Look, right. Yeah. Right. See, and and but what happens to us, and this is how we are as people, maybe my whole life, I'm 55 years old, God has taken care of me, has provided for me, but now I've lost my job. Now I've lost my home. Now I've lost whatever. And you think, this is too big. He, yeah, he was able to work and all these other things, but this is too big. Maybe you, God's watched over your health your whole life. And then all of a sudden now you have a serious illness. And you think, yeah, but this is bigger than all those well, other ones. Well, this Richard, is bigger I than God. i got to say this. I'm reminded. Moses said that same thing when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And God fed them manna. And they got tired of manna. They wanted some meat. Yeah. And God said, well, tell them tomorrow I'm going to give them meat. Get more meat but but God hit Moses' choke point because Moses is like, okay, I know you can you can bring down some angel food to manna, but but meat, that's a little more expensive, God. <laughs> Are you going to kill all the chickens in the world? And God says, okay. you you." And he told Moses, he says, is there anything too hard for God? And the next day, Again, they got more chickens, more meat than they can handle. Quail. Well, quail, same thing. Well, we call the chicken today. Well, it's quail. But we see, they thought God couldn't meet their needs. You know, they thought he can do this little thing, you know, man. Well, he can do this thing that I've seen him do before. Right. But but this new thing, we they, they want some meat now. See, so, can... so I've had a job most of my life, and maybe right. I was out of a job for a little bit, and God took care of me, but now I don't have a job, and the economy's tanked, and so there's no way he can See, do something about this. now you're walking by sight. You're looking at the things in the and natural. And then you read the paper, and it says nobody's getting a job, sight. and things are terrible. The newspaper is not good news. Only the word of God is considered good news. you got to... Looking unto Jesus. But then I read about Syria, and then I read about these other things, and man, there's no hope for the world. No, read about Joseph and how God got him over. Read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Read about Daniel. Read about Paul and Silas. Read about Jesus. It looked like it was the end for him, but he resurrected. God resurrected him. And you said something really profound a little while ago, too, in this new thing, because... It's so easy for us to have seen God working in our life the way it has been and knowing that he can do that. Of course, he can do that. But now I need a new touch. Now I need a new thing. And I'm not so sure that God can do that. Well, Richard, it's back to the scripture. Now you got to receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. You got to continue to be enlightened. And the only way you're going to continue to be enlightened, and Jesus said it, he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Uh Oh, the truth is found in God's word, and the truth will set you free. So if you want to be set free in any situation, you get the word, get the word on it. That's all you got to do. Jesus said something else. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. God's got a Word for any situation in any circumstance. Over in Colossians, it says, in God the Father and Jesus are hidden all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. God has an answer. He has a solution for every problem. We just got to be bold enough to go and ask the Father. Kids do that. 
kids think that their parents can solve any problem. And they ain't afraid or ashamed to come and ask their their, their parents. And we have to be like that because he's our Abba Father. We got to be able to come to him and say, God, give me wisdom concerning this situation. And then you got to go in faith, just like a kid. A kid goes expecting. You got to come expecting an answer to your solution. And God, he'll set it up. He'll bring people in your path. You'll open up the Bible and the word to be right there. Shoot, you might be driving to see a sign. <laughs> Remember, we talked about that the other day. The guy asked for a sign. And uh, he said, well, I sent you this, that, and the other, but we want, we want something, you know, we want to operate in the senses. you got to operate by faith and just trust that God's going to get you to your destiny. He says he already preordained and predestined that you have the good life. And you got to lay hold of that. When somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I'm not sure that, that God can do this. You know, the doctor said that it's it's probably I'm, I'm finished. Or, you know, I've applied for 500 jobs and I just can't seem to find one. It's so easy for us to be tempted to want to give up. You just, just said to something. You can't the, find one. Make one. To, to, you say he'll prosper everything you put your hands right, to. But I mean, it's so easy for us to then now take our eyes off of him and to put our eyes on the problem and to only be able to see the problem. And when we get to that place, one of the things that we want to do more than anything else is just quit, is just give up. Well, you know and what? it is it is an easy thing for us to want to do that. David, I was just thinking about this. David looks and he says, who is this uncircumcised right, Philistine? Who is that. who is he? You know, God is bigger. The God who saved me from the bear and the lion can save me from this Philistine. And what we need to realize is that the God who has saved you your whole life, who has watched out for you your whole life, who has protected you your whole life, can protect you in this situation, who can save you in this situation, who can be sufficient in this situation, no matter what that situation you find yourself in. Okay, back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. We just read verse 7. Look what verse 8 says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith in God. Look, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. God has so many gifts to give us, and we just got to lay hold to them by faith. He said, it's, it's by my grace, my goodness, my power that you're even saved. That means you're saved from from, when, from everything. From the get-go. Anything that may come. <laughs> Remember, he said, not in this age, but in the age to come. You're saved. And then he goes to say, not of works, or any less, less anyone should boast, but we are his workmanship. God says, you're my handiwork. You belong to me, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. He already prepared, for again, for us to live the good life. We just have to, just what we're reading, all you have to do is put faith in it. Believe it. See, that's it. That's putting faith in it. Believe it and then talk about it. When you talked earlier about uh, how a child comes to their father, when you're real little, your dad's the fastest. He's the strongest. He's the Ooh. smartest. He's everything, right? And then you get a little older and you realize, oh, maybe he's not as fast as I thought. Maybe he's not as smart as I thought. Maybe he's not as strong as I thought. Maybe he isn't the strongest and fastest and smartest as I used to think when I was a kid. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes we... We come to God the same way. We need to come to God as a little child, believing that he is able to do everything. But as we get older, our mind starts to think, well, I have some knowledge now. And and we begin to think that God, much like our earthly father, maybe he can't do this. 
Maybe he isn't as strong as I thought. Maybe he isn't as smart as well, I thought. And we need to come back to that little child part of us and, and where the, we believe and everything And if you're thinking about. like that, your, your faith is not increasing. It's actually going back. You should have more and more confidence as you grow in the Lord and in relationship with him. Your confidence in him should get stronger. It's just like in a good marriage, a good godly marriage. Your relationship with your spouse increases. You may have started out like this, but now you're you're more friends than you were 20 years ago because your relationship and your confidence in that person has increased. And that's where God wants us. That's why Jesus said if you continue in the faith, he wants us to increase in relationship with, with him, increase in confidence, not go back. Actually, Paul says his soul takes no pleasure in those who draw back. We should be drawn forward. Jesus said, Lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with perseverance the race that was set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He said, continue to keep your eyes on me. Don't look at all the stuff. Don't look to the all left. All the problems right. are around. Right. Problems that's everywhere. Where a lot of people, they keep looking at the problems instead of looking at the word of God. If you keep looking at God's word, he'll give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He'll give you insight. And he'll show you ways out of the situation. But I mean, if you're, if, you if you're unemployed, the, the fact that you don't have a job is right there every day. It's right in front of you. You wake up in the morning, there it is. You go to bed at night, there it is. And and it's so easy for us at that point to put our attention completely on that, the, the, the problem. The problem is I don't have a job when what we need to do is focus our eyes on Christ. And, and see, God is your source. You know, if you're doing what God told you to do concerning giving, concerning your finances, tithing, or being a giver, there's some promises connected with that. And you have to expect that and know, God says, if I take care of these birds, how much more valuable are you than they? Then he went to say, oh, ye of little faith. Meaning, I want you to have more confidence that I would take care of you rather than these birds. And I just actually believe God loves me more than he loves the birds because I'm made in his image and his likeness. When he made man, I believe they said, this is good. This is a good thing right here. So God loves us and uh, he wants to take care of us. And we just have to keep our faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God and uh, just keep your faith on fire. So with that said, before we leave, we like to plug this book by Drake Travis. It's called Healing Power, Voice Activated. Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. Again, it's about speaking words. And we like to make this best-selling book available to anyone who uh, sends in a love offering to keep this broadcast on the air of any amount. We'll send you this book, Healing Power, Voice Activated. Just send your love offering in to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. And uh, that's it for this segment of Faith on Fire. We'll see you later. Oh, you won't let me. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire. P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
1-800-259-9527. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.